We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Hey, and welcome to At Your Service. Brad Young in with you this evening until 10 o'clock. Uh, and I got to tell you, I got a great text from Mary Lynn. Said, Wednesday night is my favorite. Thank you, Mary Lynn. Appreciate that. Uh, we've got lots of stuff to go through tonight. But before I dive into anything, I just want to remind you that if you haven't gotten your tickets yet for Kegs and Eggs, uh, just Google Camo X Kegs and Eggs. You can go tomorrow. I'll be there. It's from 10 till 2. It's going to be a blast. We get to cheer on the Cardinals, who uh, are looking very good this year. So, and, and if you want to go look for me, I'm easy to spot. I'll be the bald guy who's always talking. So it's easy to spot me uh, in a crowd. It's not a problem at all. Uh, but that's Kegs and Eggs. Just go Google Camo X Kegs and Eggs, and you'll get exactly right to the page. And you can get your tickets. Still some available, I believe. But you better go now uh, to check that out for tomorrow. Also, uh, at, at any point in time, I always like to give this out. I get a lot of emails from listeners at my law firm, Harris, Dowell, Fisher, and Young. So feel free to email, email me at any time. I always love feedback. I always respond every time. Young at harrisdowell.com. That's Young at H-A-R-R-I-S as in Sam, D as in David, O-W-E-L-L.com. I think the funniest, the funniest story uh, that I saw today, and I just got to lead with this because of the irony of it, but you heard that there was this animal attack. <laughs> there was an animal attack in Washington, D.C., and I'm not making light of it. Uh, there was a, a congressman from California uh, who was who claims that he was a victim of an unprovoked attack, and he emphasized unprovoked. I guess I guess he wanted to make sure that he wasn't like taking a selfie with the fox or something when it bit him. But uh, it was an unprovoked attack, and I think he went through uh, and got some shots just to make sure he didn't have uh, uh, that the fox wasn't rabid or anything. But it was a fox that bit him, and the reason why again, not making light of it. I hope he's okay. Uh, the stories that I read today said he was he was fine. He's got no ill effects from it, and I'm glad for that. But don't you find it ironic? There's two things about this that's ironic. First of all, it was a fox and that it bites a Democrat congressman. How many Democrat congressmen have been bitten by Fox News over the past years? A lot of them. 
And so I, I found it ironic that of the 500 and, let's see, uh, 535 uh, congressmen and women in Washington, D.C., isn't it ironic? I guess 538, sorry, because of the extra congressmen and women. Uh, the 538 in Washington, D.C., the fox bit a Democrat. I just find that ironic. I'm not glad that he got bit. I'm not. Uh, I'm glad that he's fine. Just found it ironic. Uh, also in the in the news today, uh, and you just heard it at the top of the hour on CBS News, that Russia has been hit with a new round of U.S. sanctions, and and President Biden again states that Putin has committed war crimes. But today, I was wondering as I saw this being reported. It occurred to me, what does that mean? What does it mean that someone has committed a war crime? I mean, we kind of know that it's obviously bad, but what does it mean legally that someone has committed a war crime? How how can a war crime be prosecuted? I mean, it's like they're going to send Kim Gardner over there to prosecute Putin for war crimes. So how do you prosecute a war crime And what are the results of that? So later this hour, I'm going to go through that topic with you because I'm sure you've had that exact same question as I have because we hear that term thrown around a lot, particularly by the president in the last few days. But what does that mean practically? So we're going to we're going to talk about that. Also, uh, the Academy is going to decide this week how Will Smith will be disciplined for slapping Chris Rock. Uh, or even if he's going to be disciplined. I think PR demands that he's disciplined. But uh, uh, we're, we're going to find that out this week. And the, obviously, Will Smith, he could be banned from future events. He could be permanently kicked out of the Academy. Uh, they could even take away his Best Actor Award. Uh, those are all options, but we'll uh, we'll find out this week. But later in the show, I'm going to open up the phone lines to ask you, because we were all... We were all witnesses to a crime, and I find that interesting. We, If you were watching the Academy Awards, you saw a crime being committed. So you were a potential witness. So what do you think, witness? What do you think should happen to Will Smith for what he did? And so later in the show, again, we'll open up the phone lines. And as I always like to say on At Your Service, from my perspective, At Your Service can mean a lot of different things, but the way I see it, we're here for you. Unlike a podcast, unlike a TV show, you can call us, you can text me, you can actually have feedback with the show and help determine how the show unfolds. And uh, when we're not doing an interview and we only have one of those this evening, I always, always like to hear from listeners. Coming up after the break, though, did you know that everything that Vladimir Putin is doing in Ukraine right now was was not only predicted or foretold, if you will, but it was actually outlined in a book from 1997. I'm not making this up. This is not a crackpot conspiracy theory. It's verifiable. And uh, after the break, we're going to talk to Washington Post columnist David Vondrely on At Your Service, KMOX. Welcome back to KMOX. So many, I think, are questioning why on earth would Vladimir Putin invade Ukraine and why didn't somebody see this coming? 
And yet we now know that Putin is literally following a plan laid out by a fascist advocate of a Russian empire. This is not a conspiracy theory. It's fact. And this guy's name is Alexander Dugan. So joining us to discuss this is nationally known author and journalist David Vondrely. He's a columnist with The Washington Post, a native Missourian as well. Uh, David, hey, thanks so much for joining us this evening on KMOX. Uh, Great to be with you. Uh, Let's start with this. Alexander Dugan, I mean, what do we know about him and his worldview? And when did he write his treatise on how to achieve a Russian empire? His uh, most famous book uh, on geopolitics is um, published in the late 1990s, uh, not long after the collapse of the Soviet Union. Uh, Dugan grew up, uh, he's still alive, he's 60 years old, he grew up uh, in the last days of the Soviet Union, and uh, a lot like uh, people in the wake of World War I in Europe, he was kind of consumed with this question of how his uh, nation had uh, gone off the rails, how the empire of the Soviet Union had collapsed, and you came up with this elaborate grand theory. Um, it seems delusional to uh, me, and I think to to most people, but it uh, strikes we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Bell. Uh, with the uh, disillusioned, uh, you know, former Soviets, of whom Vladimir Putin is very much uh, one, they see uh, Russia as a historically great uh, imperial nation, and and yet they look at it in the early part of this century, uh, it, it, you know, its economy uh, bust, uh, its influence lost, all its satellite nations joining NATO. And um, so Dugan uh, preached a kind of really the same message that those people had preached almost 100 years earlier, which was a message of fascism, Mm -hmm. uh, a message of extreme uh, anti-liberal, and I mean small L liberal, uh, 
you know, against uh, human freedom, against human rights, against the Enlightenment, and a return to uh, the days of, uh, you know, the Russian Orthodox Church reigning over most of Europe and Asia. Well, what I think is fascinating, because you covered this in the, in the Washington Post recently, and Dugan is sometimes referred to as Putin's brain. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. He's, uh, Putin is not an intellectual. Um, he's uh, an operator. He's a, uh, a thief. He's a, a, a thug. Uh, he does some strategic thinking, but he doesn't have a, a grand view of the world. And uh, and Dugan, along with some other interesting uh, thinkers, have kind of filled in the uh, uh, quote-unquote intellectual uh, you know, grand plan uh, of Putinism. Well, I, I was reading some excerpts from uh, Dugan's book, The Foundations of Geopolitics. And as I was reading some of the excerpts, David, Dugan literally maps out a game plan for Russia to try to recapture uh, empire status. Uh, what, yeah. what, can you kind of give us an overview of this game plan from your perspective? Well, for my the first thing he did was he said that uh, you know Russia has to confront the the West and try to break the West apart, uh, but he understood that that couldn't be done militarily or even necessarily economically. It had to be done um, through propaganda and uh, counterintelligence methods by uh, you know identifying the fractures and the breaking points in Western societies and trying to uh, force those open and drive those apart. And if you look at the way Russia over the past uh, 20 years has used the Internet to uh, drive uh, social division uh, and, uh, and, you know, bitterness, mm -hmm. uh, cultural war in the United States to, um, you know, push us apart uh, that's very much a part of the plan. He same thing in England, where he, you know, was uh, very much involved in the Brexit campaign to drive England away from Europe. Another of his strategies was to uh, try to get Western Europe, um, you know, make it dependent on Russian uh, natural resources, and look at what's happened mm -hmm. in uh, Germany and it Italy and France which have become uh, highly dependent on Russian natural gas and other resources. Uh, so he's pulling uh, the European nations toward Russia in that way. He's breaking off what he calls the Atlantic you know, seafaring nations of Great Britain and the United States uh, away from Europe uh, and trying to diminish the power of NATO. I think he looks at how much success they've had uh, in that, uh, you know, soft power campaign of the past 20 years. And I think that's part of the reason that he felt he could move on to the more hard power projects of which, uh, you know, conquering and dominating Ukraine was really kind of job one. Boy, we're, we're, we're talking to uh, author and Washington Post columnist David Vondrely. And when I read your piece in the Washington Post, David, I, I was captivated by this because it explains a lot of what we're seeing today. Uh, in your article, uh, it contained a quote from Alexander Dugan, and I'm quoting here uh, from Alexander Dugan, Ukraine as an independent state with certain territorial ambitions represents 
an enormous danger for all of Eurasia. Now, I thought it was interesting that, that Dugan uses that term Eurasia. What does he mean by that? Eurasia is his term for this uh, vast Russian-dominated empire that he sees uh, as the natural uh, order for the, uh, you know, uh, uh, vast uh, uh, continent of Eurasia. Um, Germany would uh, sort of be the dominant state in uh, Western Europe, but would be dependent on Russia. He eventually envisions not only wiping out uh, Ukraine, which is, as anybody who looks at a map, very strategically uh, located on the northern coast of the Black Sea, uh, but he also talks about, uh, you know, in the long run, China has to be broken up and destroyed. Uh, Russia can't tolerate an independent China. He sees the natural uh, ally for Russia in the East as being uh, Japan. I mean, in a way, what Dugan wants to do is erase the outcome of World War II oh, and uh, have what he thinks are naturally, you know, the fascist empires of of uh, German-dominated West, Japanese-dominated East, all sort of paying uh, homage uh, to the great uh, empire of Russia. We're, we're talking to uh, author and Washington Post columnist uh, David Vondrely, and, and Dugan has one more quote, which I think is Amazing, because it it gives us insight as to what's happening today. Dugan states this, and I'm quoting, without resolving the Ukrainian problem, it is in general senseless to speak about continental politics, unquote. And so in in other words, what I'm seeing here is that Dugan essentially provides Putin with the philosophical support for destroying Ukraine as an independent state. That's exactly right, and uh, it's it, to Dugan, it's intolerable. Uh, and if you remember, right before he went in, uh, Putin gave a sort of rambling, strange speech. It's much less uh, bizarre when you view it through this Dugan lens. But uh, Putin essentially denied that there's any such thing as Ukraine or Ukrainians. That this is just part of Russia, and uh, Ukrainians are naturally Russian, and any Ukrainians who aren't, you know, Russian are, as he calls them, the Nazis who need to be uh, driven out. And so that word from Dugan, intolerable, uh, that's exactly where they're coming from. They don't feel like they can accomplish uh, this uh, restoration, if you will, of an imagined Russian glorious past. Uh, until they have subjugated uh, Ukraine. Uh, amazing. And and so many times, David, we hear today comparisons to Hitler, and I believe that it, most, if not all, of that is just either misplaced or it's just hyperbole. But, but if Putin here is carrying out a foreign policy that's based literally on a book, isn't that similar path that Hitler followed when he laid out his plan in advance in Mein Kampf? Uh, I'm with you, Brad. You know, I really, uh, you know, shy away from that comparison, which is often thrown around. This is as close an example as you're going to find. Not only is it uh, 
you know, one uh, megalomania uh, compared to another one, um, claiming, uh, you know, the, the claims being made about Ukraine are exactly the things that uh, Hitler said about the Sudetenland um, at the beginning of his war. Um, so these parallels are real, and, and the core, uh, you know, uh, fascism, the, the, uh, I know that's another word that's thrown around a lot, but there is an intellectual content to the idea of fascism, yes. and it has to do with uh, the glorification of the state and the uh, denial of individual rights and, and individual human dignity. Hmm. And it doesn't look like Putin is going to reach his goal of destroying Ukraine as an independent state. But let, let's assume, just for discussion purposes, David, if he were to do that, what would come next that you see in terms of Alexander Dugan's plan? Uh, he'd, he'd keep moving uh, west. He has the same view about the Baltic states. Uh, he has the same view about Finland. Um, the, he... he Certainly, every every nation, you know, the Czech Republic, uh, everything e- east of, uh, of of Vienna, basically, uh, is up for grabs. Poland again, um, very much at risk. Uh, Hungary, um, the that that's table stakes for Dugan is to undo and for Putin. You know, you may remember that Putin once said that. The collapse and the uh, the dismantling of the Soviet Union was the greatest catastrophe of the 20, 20th century. All right, um, so obviously they want to fix that, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so these are very dangerous people that we're dealing with, and you know the the idea that uh, Americans have flirted with and and Europeans even mm-hmm. more that Putin is somebody we can do business with. And, uh, you know, a reasonable man who, you know, just likes to steal his people's money. Uh, no, he's he's got a more uh, uh, dangerous yes. uh, philosophy going on. Last question. Of course, we're talking to author and Washington Post columnist uh, David Vondrely. Last question. Uh, you've mentioned it here uh, this evening, David, and you even mentioned it in your Washington Post article when you point out how Alexander Dugan's view of history is is just frankly delusional. And yet you end your article with this quote, and I wanted to quote you because it's very insightful. Quote, delusions become important when embraced by tyrants. Uh, that nugget of wisdom, David, that can be applied basically to any nation, can't it? It can. And um, this is this is the genius of... of uh you know, of the Enlightenment and of the the idea that each individual person has worth and uh, dignity and and inalienable rights. Uh, this is denied by tyrants. Uh, this is is denied. But uh, you know, the great story of of human freedom is the story of the little boy who says the emperor has no clothes. <laughs> and that's what we have going for us in the West that we have to cherish yes. and protect is the fact that we can call BS on our our leaders. Oh, I, I, I'm a champion of freedom of speech here, David. And uh, we've, we've had the pleasure and the, the luxury of talking to author and Washington Post columnist David Vondrely. Uh, we can follow your articles. Uh, how often do you have articles... Our columns in the Washington Post. 
twice a week, and uh, they just added a new button uh, to my uh, article pages that uh, where readers, if they want, can sign up for uh, an alert and and be given the uh, new columns hot off the press. So uh, give it a try. I will. I will do that tomorrow, David. I promise you. Hey, thanks so much for joining us this evening on KMOX. Thanks, Brad. Great talking to David Vondrelli. What are your thoughts on why Putin invaded Ukraine? And, and frankly, where do you see this conflict heading in the coming weeks and months? Phone lines are open 314-436-7900. At your service. We'll be right back. It was a pleasure to talk to David Vondrelli, and I'm glad he took time out of his busy schedule to uh, to talk to us this evening. Uh, because to me, it, it almost seems like, and and don't take this too far, but it, it almost seems like uh, a multiverse Marvel movie to think that if you look at this Alexander Dugan, he creates this entire delusional history of Russia and of the Soviet Union. And then he uses that delusional history to lay out a roadmap to to regain an empire status for Russia. Uh, there, there used to be there was a series of uh, books. Actually, it was a it was a book by oh, and I'll think of it in just a moment. It was called the the Man in the High Castle, and it was a book that dealt with. And it was also a series on uh, on Amazon Prime. They turned it into a series. Uh, but it dealt with issues about what would have happened had World War II turned out differently. And this book is almost an idea, that a delusional idea that World War II did turn out differently or why it turned out the way it did. It's truly, truly fascinating from an intellectual perspective to understand why Putin is doing what he's doing. Uh, but here's the thought that occurred to me today. We've heard President Biden say uh, that the, there, there have been war crimes committed. And he even specifically accused Putin of being a war criminal. So I started thinking today, what does that mean? Because in, in from your perspective, if, if we're sitting down over a cup of coffee and talking about somebody committing a crime, then you're thinking about there being a grand jury or you're indicting someone or are the police going to go and arrest them? Are they going to be prosecuted? Is it going to be like an episode of law and order where you've got the, uh, you've got the sounder and then it's going to all get wrapped up in, in 60 minutes or less. I mean, those are the things that come to mind, but what does it mean to prosecute a war crime? So as I looked into it, I think the first thing that I found today is, is trying to define what is a war crime. And it, and it may not seem like it, but even war has rules because sometimes we forget that the, that the military has two functions. They, their job is to break things and kill people. That's what they do. Uh, all of this other stuff that we try to shoehorn into the military to, to create or to achieve political goals, to, to uh, uh, try to save the earth from global warming or any of this other nonsense, that's not what the military does. They break things and they kill people. But even in those two functions, there are rules. And in fact, there's an international committee of the Red Cross that, that 
looks for information regarding war crimes. Uh, there's the Geneva Convention that outlines what war crimes are. And I found a string of other international laws and agreements that outline what type of what type of activity constitutes a war crime. For example, civilians cannot deliberately be attacked. There can be collateral damage in a war. Uh, a missile can go uh, in the wrong direction. Uh, I believe it was during the uh, the Bosnian or was it Yugoslavian uh, military actions in the 1990s during the Clinton administration. We dropped a bomb and it accidentally hit the Chinese embassy. And no one accused the United States of deliberately bombing the Chinese government. The Chinese embassy was an accident. Uh, sometimes missiles don't hit where they're supposed to go. That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about the deliberate targeting of civilians. And think about all of the news reports that you've heard, that you've read about, that you've seen on television that shows whether it's in Moripol or whether it's in, in the outskirts of Kiev or whether it's in Buka, what we're seeing right now, civilians were deliberately targeted. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't a, a missile that went astray. There can be demonstrations of specific targeting of civilians. So at least under international law and under the Geneva Convention, that would amount to a war crime. Uh, also, weapons are banned under the Geneva Convention and other treaties. So, for example, uh, you can't use anti-personnel landmines or chemical or biological weapons. Those are all banned. And yet we've seen evidence and we've seen that uh, President Zelensky has shown evidence of anti-personnel landmines not only being used against the Ukrainian military, but used against Ukrainian civilians. And there's evidence of that. And all of this is being being uh, investigated. The evidence is being collected and weighed. And something will happen as this moves forward. Now, this isn't genocide. We've heard the term genocide. And, and that's why I love practicing law, because words have meaning. Words have meaning. And genocide is not the same as a war crime. A genocide is the deliberate killing of people from a, from a particular national, ethnic, racial, or religious group. So, uh, for example, one of the greatest examples, I think, is Rwanda from the 1990s. That people group, there were 800,000 people uh, that were killed, slaughtered of eight, 800,000 people. And uh, people were prosecuted for genocide because it was an attempt to wipe out a particular national, ethnic, racial, or religious group. So what we're seeing here is against the Ukrainians, but not necessarily based upon ethnicity. So it doesn't amount to genocide, but it clearly amounts to a war crime. And when we come back from this break, I'm going to go through what some of the allegations, additional allegations have been made against Ukraine, but also how are these things prosecuted? I'll lay that out for you as well. Brad Young at your service. Don't go away. Phone lines are open. Text line is open. Love to hear from you about Russia. Uh, And we're not going to talk about Russia next hour, but I wanted to go through this because it's not anything that I've seen covered in the media. What do you do about war crimes? I mean, it's easy to say Putin's a war criminal, 
But what does that mean practically, and how is that? How is he actually going to be held responsible for what he's doing? And that's the part that I think we all need to know about because there's a he he's got a uh, he's got a card uh, that he can play as this thing unfolds, and and this is what I'm talking about. Uh, there is a court, the court that prosecutes war crimes is called the International Criminal Court. And right now they've said publicly that they are investigating Putin. They're investigating his generals, uh, those that are left. I think he's lost seven generals in in uh, in Ukraine operations. Uh, and, and they're also investigating crimes like, for example, we've just seen in I think it's Buka uh, where there have been um, mass reports of soldiers raping citizens, shooting them for their clothing, uh, just horrendous, horrendous activity. And the International Criminal Court is investigating all of those allegations. But, but the point is, what's done with that? And that's what I wanted to look into today, because the International Court of Justice is uh, can rule on disputes between countries but they can't prosecute individuals, but the International Criminal Court can. But what happens? Let's say, for example, let me give you a hypothetical. Let's say that the International Court of Justice rules against Russia. Well, that court doesn't have police to back it up. I mean, let's make the comparison to the United States. If someone is convicted of a crime, I mean, anyone who's ever watched Law & Order knows what happens— they slap the cuffs on you, and the sheriff's department takes you, and then they they put you in the gray bar motel. I mean, that's what they do. So the sheriff's department is there, and they all have guns, and, and they're there to back up the order of the court. But the International Court of Justice doesn't have a sheriff's department. They don't have a police department to go and, and put— the cuffs on Putin and make him do a duck walk in an orange outfit. Okay. They don't have that. So what happens? Here's where, unfortunately, the, the, the cards are stacked in Putin's favor because the only way that the international court of justice has to enforce its ruling. So hypothetically, if the international court of justice is Russia, you have committed war crimes, Putin, you have committed war crimes your generals have committed war crimes. What do they do? Well, under international treaty, that they have to go to the UN, United Nations Security Council, and the Security Council is in charge of enforcing any conviction in the International Court of Justice. But guess what? The International, or rather the, the Council, this UN Security Council has five permanent members. And any one member can vote to veto an action by the Security Council, by the UN. And guess what? Russia is one of the permanent members. So that's why, and I'm giving you this information because over the last few days, you've heard repeated calls, even from today, from President Zelensky in Ukraine. He said that Russia should be removed from being one of the five permanent members of the U.N. Security Council. And that's why he's calling for Russia to be removed. Because as long as Russia sits on that committee, as long as they're on the U.N. Security Council, 
They can veto anything that's done against President Putin or any of the generals. So I'm giving you that insight because you're going to hear over the coming weeks and months, you're going to hear more and more and more from Zelensky, from President Biden, from Congress, from world leaders about how Russia needs to be removed from the U.N. Security Council. And it's not just because they don't like them. It's not just because they're trying to give some sanctions to give them a disincentive to continue with the war. There's a specific reason why, and that's because as long as Russia is on the U.N. Security Council, nothing, nothing will be done against Putin. So, in other words, the International Court of Justice could convict Putin of a war crime, but they can't enforce it. They couldn't enforce it. They can't go and slap on the cuffs and they can't hear the interesting music from Law and & Order and then have the big dramatic a big dramatic scene, you know, where the bars slam right in front of them. And then there's some guy in the cell that says, hey, I want you to be my girlfriend. None of that's going to happen as long as Russia sits on the U.N. Security Council. So that's why you're going to hear this drumbeat of messaging from so many different sources uh, over the next few weeks and months. But it's not just President Putin, because also the soldiers themselves can be prosecuted. And so we've heard even uh, today, President Zelensky released information about the name of one of the uh, lieutenant general, lieutenant colonels, I believe, of Russia that has been committing this genocide in Bukha. He was identified. His picture has been out there. His name has been floated out there. And with that information, he can be investigated, convicted, tried, just like the, the trials at Nuremberg, that we the famous trials at Nuremberg that occurred after World War II, where members of Germany were prosecuted and imprisoned, Joseph Goebbels being one of them. All of that can take place now, but not as long as Russia sits on the U.N. Security Council. Hey, we've got more next hour, more news of the day, and more feedback from you, 436-7900, at your service on Camo X. We'll be back right after this. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly 